Back in to Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak getting you ready for week three at Carolina. And we're looking at a position that's got a little bit of questions about it right now. And I think it had some questions going into the, the season as well, Jeff. Yeah, that position, the mystery, tight end. Tight end. Um, and, you know, it, was, it wasn't, you know, it's weird because it's not really a mystery. It's more just like, you know, all the names there and you have expectations for guys. And, you know, a guy that I thought was going to come out and look a lot better, Adam Troutman, right? This is a guy who came into the offseason healthy. Sorry about how, okay, you know, last year was really difficult. I had injuries I was dealing with, blah, blah, blah. This year, you know, he had a, he had a head thing, but it didn't really slow him down. Zero targets through the first two weeks. Yeah, and he's got the same stats as you and I, which is not good. Well, he's played more snaps. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think he, and, and I don't know, you know, I think he hasn't done a bad job blocking, right? So like you have to, you have to kind of take that for what it is, but. but well, the thing with Troutman though too, is like you were expecting him to be your, your main pass catching tight end. Well, you definitely thought he would be, but that just clearly is not the case. And it's 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 odd. It's odd. And, you know, when you go back to the games that Troutman played with Jameis last year, he was not a favorite target of his either. A lot of his uh, – the attention in the passing game for Troutman came with Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill. So, you know, you have to wonder, you know, maybe there just isn't really a connection there. And, yeah, it's got to be frustrating for Adam because he, he does go out there and he, and he puts the work in. He's just not not involved in the passing game. I do. I've said this a few times. Like, if you, you were just looking for a blocking tight end, Nick Vanette is a better blocker. So I don't. I don't know what what the idea is with Adam. He is out there. He's running routes. Uh, he's just not a target. So it's a, that's a question. But it's pretty clear that from a, at least from a receiving perspective, and from a snap count perspective, Jawan Johnson is the is the top the top tight end in that room. Which Juwan I would not have guessed. Yeah, and we we heard um, Cam Jordan. I forget if it was NFL Network or CBS Sports. Somebody he 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 praised Jawan Johnson heading into the season, saying, "Watch out for that guy. He's going to have a breakout year." And so far, looks like Cam's right. He knows a little inside information there. Cam, who? Cam Jordan. You think he has inside information on the on the Saints? A little bit. He knows something about him. Weird. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't had crazy numbers, right? He's got six catches for eighty three yards, no touchdowns, but he's been impactful. He had a really big moment against the Bucs, um, that second and 20 that set up Will Lutz's field goal there, that 51-yarder. And the, he looks confident. The team looks confident in him. And, you know, I kind of – I we got to talk to him in the locker room yesterday. I asked him a bit about that. Here's what he had to say. As a pass catcher, you've always kind of felt confident in your abilities. How, how have you felt as a blocker these first two weeks? Yeah. Uh, I feel like a lot of people have talked about blocking lately. Um, I'm really excited about it. I feel more confident each and every week. I think a help of that is just having, you know, Trout next to me, um, help me out. Him giving confidence and him blocking kind of gives me confidence. Like, all right, like I can block these guys too, uh, sort of thing. But I think it's just more as the games go on, as the season go on, you know, we just really kind of dominate that edge so we could, you know, kind of get this run game going more than what it has been. Gotcha. And, you know, when Jameis looks to you in, in a big moment, like second and 20 against the Falcons there, you know, mm -hmm. how does that feel just to know he has that confidence in you in that big moment? Yeah, I think uh, not even more so confident in me is just that the work that we kind of put in during the offseason, uh, knowing that I had to make the time to make the time to 
really, you know, invest in myself, but also invest in, you know, us and also the team. Um, just knowing that he knows that I can make that play. You know, I have to also think that I can make that play as well. So it wasn't even more so him. It was more so me just like, oh, I can make this and me just showing up. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think you have high hopes for him as a pass catcher. But I think the most telling part of his involvement thus far is the confidence the team has in him as a blocker because you have to be able to block as a tight end. And I don't think he was a good enough blocker last year. I don't think he had the size. I don't think he had the grit to hold up in a lot of these assignments. And that has changed this year. And that's good on him. And obviously, to be fair, he was learning a completely new position after being a wide receiver. Talk about redoing the depth chart here at tight end. After Juwan, you're going to have... Are you going to put Taysom there? Because he's really not in that tight end role from what I've seen early on either. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, the, there was a lot made about how Taysom's role would be different in this offense. You know, even in fa- fantasy leagues, bought it and everything. You know, sure. they, they changed his... They, now I, I have him in leagues because he's a tight end. I still think he's got a lot of value as a tight end. For in sure. fantasy. But he's not playing tight end. No, he's the Swiss Army knife still. Yeah, I mean, he, th- there's nothing about his role that is like, oh yeah, that's a tight end. Maybe as the season goes on, he looks a little more like a tight end. But I mean, he's he's just moving around, he's doing his thing, and that's what I expected, right? <laughs> that's that's what it sounded like the entire time. And the difference was not how he's going to be deployed, so much as it is where he's working in practice. That's the biggest difference. True. He's not he's not wearing a red jersey. He, well, he was for a little bit. He's not throwing passes in practice. He's catching them. He's blocking. He's doing a lot of that. And I think that's that's how he should be used. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people wanted to say T1 Taysom Hill. No, he's not. He is whatever position you want to call Taysom. That's it. He is the top option at that position. But it's not tight end. I, I, I tend to not look at this the Saints tight end position and most tight end positions as like T1, T2, T3. It's roles on the offense. You have a pass-catching tight end, you have a blocking tight end, and then you have kind of a move or an F tight end. And so the pass-catching tight end is Jawan, the blocking tight end is Adam Troutman, and kind of the the, the catch-all, whatever you want to call it, is Taysom Hill, and Nick Vanette is depth. And that's that's where I think it's going to stay. I did not see Adam Troutman becoming the Josh Hill of this group. I've, I've said before that Adam Troutman is, ba- is like a supercharged Josh Hill, through the first two weeks, he has just been like like a factory standard Josh Hill. Like there's there has been no no aftermarket work done on Adam Troutman. He is just a Josh Hill at this point. Yeah, and and like I said, I know he was praised coming out of college for his his really his passing catching abilities, and the, and the the blocking was just another added bonus. It wasn't really the star of his skill set. But you, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head that confidence, and for whatever reason, that chemistry with Jameis has not developed the way it has with Jawan Johnson. You you see it over and over again. And, uh, you know, you not every quarterback has the same kind of connection and confidence in every player, right? And I think that's what you're seeing with Adam Troutman. But, yeah, I think you have some really positive things with Jawan. What I want to see more out of Jameis, and this has been true since day one, is I need to see him be willing to take small gain. You know, and I, and I gave I gave someone a hard time because they were like, well, why didn't he just check down to Adam Prentice? <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, sure. If that's If that's anyone but Adam Prentice, I think you have a point. You know, and that, that's not to throw shade at Adam Prentice. He's just not the guy you're throwing the ball to, right? That's a last resort. Although he, he did catch the first pass of the game. So take that for what it is. 
But like there was another play that the, the interception to Chris Olave, there's a better point to be made that he probably forced that ball a little bit. Chris Olave did have a step and it was another ball that was underthrown. Tony Jones was wide open in the flat. If that's Alvin Kamara, I might say, you know what? Yeah, you should definitely throw that to Alvin Kamara. Tony Jones, eh, you know. But at the same time, it's second and eight. If you can pick up three, four, five yards on second down, make it a third and manageable, you should you, sh- you should feel comfortable doing that. It's not a bad option. But w- too often with Jameis, it feels like it's not an option. And I think that when you're talking about a guy like Adam Troutman, who's not getting any targets, he's not being involved in the passing game whatsoever. A big reason for that is you are not willing to accept small gains on early downs because that's what you're going to get with Adam Troutman. He's not going to be running 10, 15, 20 yards downfield. He's going to be running little spot routes. He's going to be, you know, these little hitches, these yard, these plays where he can box people out and get a positive gain on first down. And those aren't the throws that Jameis feels like are a good option. And that's my biggest critique of Jameis as a quarterback, because sometimes you just have to take your medicine, right? Third and three is not a death sentence. Third and three is an easy conversion if you do it right. But you never see the Saints in third and three. It's always second and second and eight, third and seven. You know, it's it's low percentage third downs where the defense can pin their ears back and come after you. And you have an offensive line that you've seen has does not communicate as well as it needs to. And that's where you get into trouble. So I'm not going to quit on Adam Troutman because I think that you need to have him more involved, but he needs to be more assertive, I think. And, and I think that for this offense to work, you need those guys over the middle of the field to be, to, to, to catch more passes. So. Well, yeah. Well, like you mentioned though, the problem is not necessarily maybe even Adam Troutman. It's the willingness of Winston to get him the ball. Yeah, I, and I mean, it's, we're, we were in week two. This was a difficult matchup against a very, very athletic defense. The linebackers that the Bucks have are Absolutely. very difficult to work against in the middle of the field, right? You're not going to get very far trying to pepper the middle of the field against Levante David and Devin White. They're two of the fastest linebackers in the league. So that could have played a role. Uh, but, you know, we've seen enough at this point that I think the critique is valid and with with Alvin Kamara not there, you kind of like, okay, fine. Throw to Chris Olave 13 times. When Alvin Kamara is there, he needs to be getting fed the ball. And that didn't happen in week one. Um, so hopefully, you know, when he's healthy, that, that starts to happen again. Yeah, I guess I was a little surprised there. I would think the 13 targets would have went to Michael Thomas, not Olave. That's what famous Jameis One here says, who I, I imagine is a Jameis Winston fan. Um, yeah, I think that that is something you need to see more of. And DA said that he thinks they went to the well maybe a few too many times on that deep bit. shot. And yeah, I think that's that's that is what happened. Chris Olave had 13 targets in that game. He only caught five passes and one of them he fumbled. So <laughs> yeah, I think you it's very difficult to start by throwing the deep ball, <laughs> right? You need to open up that throw. It's like opening a can, right? You 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 pepper the middle of the field, you force the defense to clamp down. And then you hit him over the top. But in that game, it felt like they were just, he was getting frustrated and he was like, okay, they're giving me man to man on the outside and I'm just going to chuck it. And, you know, again, those plays had a chance, but, you know, it's second and eight and you're throwing it downfield. And then all of a sudden it's third and eight and you can't get it done. And then you're punting and 
So I, I want to see sustained drives. Honestly, the interception, I thought, was the best decision on a deep ball because of the position of the field you were in, right? When you throw an interception down the field in the end zone, it's just effectively a punt in that circumstance. So I don't, I don't mind the risk award there is touchdown or they start at their own 25. And I'm okay with that. When you're throwing it from your own 20 and you just don't need to sustain a drive, eh, I don't feel as good about that. Because even, even if it's successful, you're on the fringe of field goal range. You know, and that's a great drive starter, but it's not the, the type of sustained offense that you want in that situation. So I think there's, there's, there's questions to be asked about, about some of the decision-making there for sure. No, and Jameis is definitely going to have to be a lot more on point, obviously, this game in Carolina because you keep making these mistakes and turning the ball over. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to win any games. And I, I mean, I thought he did a decent job the first three quarters of that game of not, you know, of, of being safe with the ball. It was that fourth quarter where they were behind and then he made it worse. Um, he tried to force the ball to Jarvis Landry, tried to force the ball to Jawan Johnson. They both got picked off. Um, Jamel Dean made a great play on that interception in the end zone. Right. The ball was underthrown, but he made a good play on it. Um, so, you know, we're, we're going it, to, it's, it feels like, it feels a lot more negative than it is because of, and I think I said this after the game, because of how that Falcons game went. But, you know, this is a one and one team. If they go out and they win in Carolina, then you're back positive vibes. You are at worst, you know, one game out of the division lead and you just keep going forward. You'd get out to London, you try to beat the Vikings. You know, and and I think if if you end up at the quarter pole of this season at you know four and one, four and well, would that be the quarter pole? I guess it'd be a little farther than a quarter of the way through the season. But if you can get out of the first five games and get out of the gate, get out of the blocks four and one, you're you're in excellent shape. And that's you know, that's kind of where that's all I have, you know. Yeah, yeah, and we've seen this team notoriously start the season a little low and then they end up, you know, coming alive and closing stronger. I don't think they've got started two and oh since like twenty sixteen. <laughs> there you go. They're not the Giants. Oh, that that's your big measuring stick now? Yeah, well, the Giants had started 0-2 for like eight consecutive years. So Big blue. I'm excited to get to watch the game. That is what, one of the reasons I maintain my status as a Giants watcher is so like when the Saints are playing on Sunday and they're playing on Monday, I go and I get drunk at a bar and watch a football game because that I've said this before. That is the thing that, you know, I, I can't be a Saints fan because I have to work during the games, right? Yeah, it's a <laughs> and lot to different. me, being a football fan is be is about being irrational and going out and you know getting going to a bar and having drinks and uh, and that's what I can't do for the Saints, and so that's why I, I maintain that as a as a as a non local fan. No, I totally get that. I can't remember other than this past week, obviously, uh, while I was out sick. That you know when when I've been home on a Saints Sunday or any other time they played it was just it is something that's difficult to be a fan of a team that you're constantly covering well that's and like people come at me on twitter and they're like oh cry about it like i'm only getting worked up because you're getting worked up i i genuinely am just sharing observations (laughs) and uh like i went through a lot of film today and never like that posted the that kind of breakdown of the the touchdown to prashad perriman and they were like Oh, well, you're just mad because of this. And I was like, I'm not mad about anything. I'm just pointing out that the the Bucks were able to score this touchdown because they took advantage of Marshawn Lattimore being out of the game. I'm not uh, I'm not being mad about that. It's just the reality. And it was a smart play by them. <laughs> yeah, to me, the benefit of not growing up in Louisiana is the fact that 
I'm not really that emotionally attached to the Saints. Obviously, I want them to win. It's better for us uh, when they are, but it's not going to ruin my week when they don't. So, so Steve is not a Giants fan. That's only me. I, I'm, I'm the bad luck person there. No, but, but I'm, I'm your NFC East foe. I'm an Eagles fan. Let's put it this way. When the Giants came into the Superdome and won that game in week four last year, I was mad about it, in part because that team was terrible and I prefer them to lose all their games to get the top draft pick. And like they also made my life like the the one time that I would be like I, I wanted them to win that game when I could go enjoy it, not when it made my life as a as a reporter harder. Like I <laughs> I had to rewrite my entire game story on the fly after that dumb comeback. And, no, it was and, funny for me, the year the the Nola no call when the Saints were making their run, you know, everyone was asking me when the Saints hosted the Eagles, who are you going to be rooting for this game? And that was my first year on the sideline. And I was like, you bet your darn butt that I'm rooting for the Saints because I want to go to the Super Bowl. Well, well right, and, right. And so to answer your question, you know, rooting is a is a is a weird way to put it, but you know, I would be pulling for the Saints to win because I want to go cover the Super Bowl. Right. right. So so in that sense, I would be selfishly rooting against my own absolute town fandom. But I've seen the Giants win the Super Bowl. I don't I actually don't I don't need to see the Giants win the Super Bowl again. But you know what would be cool? Watching the Saints go win the Super Bowl and seeing that parade down here. So like, you know, maybe that makes me a bad Giants fan, but I, I'm more of a I'm, I think it makes me more of a selfish football fan than a bad Giants fan. Yeah, I, I mean. Honestly, when the Saints are playing the Eagles, I'm all about the black and gold just because it's better for what we do. I know yeah. that might be that might seem a little weird, but it, it's it's the case. Well, and part of it's not being local, right? Like you I say I'm a Giants fan because I want to claim a fandom so that I can be irrational and say I'm part of this community. That's all being a fan is being a part of a community and not being local changes the equation a little bit right because it's not like i'm going out to a bar that's like decked out and and blue you know like <laughs> yeah. I, i'm lucky if i can i go to finn mccool's to watch the game because right around the corner from my house and it's like i go there because i know that they know me and they'll be like okay yeah we'll put it on the corner because <laughs> i don't have to like in a lot of cases i'll go and i'll be like have to beg somebody to turn it on because like who wants to watch that team no, that's what I grew up watching in New Jersey for sure. Jets and Giants. And I always feel like it was run, run, pass, punt the ball. Well, yeah, the Jets are terrible. You know, the, the Jets, the Jets are on another level of bad. But and yeah, it's like they've, they've just, they've, uh, they don't even know how to be good. Like the Giants have been bad for a long time, but at least they've win Super Bowls occasionally, right? They've had really impressive seasons. Yeah, you got more than one, so you can't argue with that. I in just, my lifetime, in my exactly, lifetime, that's, that's what I was so one, happy right? about. I was like, I saw the Eagles win a Super Bowl in my lifetime, which I really thought I'd never see. Right, like I know a lot of Cowboys fans that are just like, "Oh yeah, the greatest team ever." It's like you weren't even alive <laughs> when they won these Super Bowls. You're bragging about, like, don't don't miss me with that, guys. You know, yeah, 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 go away. Okay, kind of went off a little tangent there. A little. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. You've been listening to Inside Black and Gold. If you're not subscribed on the podcast, make sure to go do that. That will be helpful. If you go and you subscribe, you leave a rating, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Rainy. No, that's that's just weather systems. Um, it's always helpful and we appreciate all the help. Steve, why don't you uh why don't you say goodbye? Yeah, we got another edition wrapped up and looking forward to seeing what and who 
is going to be doing what at practice tomorrow, and we'll have the latest more on your next edition of Inside Black and Gold. Peace.